What's going on? Welcome back to the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And let me tell you, I have an amazing, amazing episode for this first episode back since my daughter was born, which she was born just over a month ago now. I took a little bit of time away from the podcast. Uh, I actually was still recording the podcast. I just haven't published any in the last month. So we're about to get back on track with that. But this episode, wow, you're going to love it. It is all about the science of weight maintenance and really from a practical perspective, how to go into maintenance, how to take a diet break, all of these things, especially if you want to do it without counting calories. I speak with Inner Circle member Brienne. As you will see, she's fucking amazing. She's absolutely incredible, super articulate, very well-spoken. She is is super, super, super smart, and she's lost about 30 pounds, and now she's ready to go into a weight maintenance diet break phase, and she just wanted some help in understanding how to do that. So I hope you enjoy the episode. If you do, please leave a five-star review wherever you're listening, iTunes, Spotify. It helps a lot. And uh, yeah, I'm going to stop talking and let you get into the episode. Let's go. <laughs> How Let's are you? Go. I'm good, Brienne. We are recording, just so you know. We're live. Uh, awesome. People will only be able to, they'll just be able to hear it and they won't be able to see us. But uh, it's great for me to be able to see you and to talk to you. This is wonderful. I'm really excited. How are you doing? I'm good. Doing good. Just getting settled in from a day of work, you know, staying busy. Talk to me. What, what do you do for work? So I am a nurse practitioner. And okay. I work with pediatrics, so uh, see well child checks, newborns, all the way up to 18 years old. So I was That's an ER awesome. nurse for uh, right at 10 years, I think it was. And then just in the last couple of years, did I go back to school and get my nurse practitioner? So it's fun. That's amazing. Wow. ER nurse for 10 years, then you went back to school. I was. Yep. Yeah. That must have been pretty crazy, huh? Yes. It was a challenge. Uh not just for me, but you know, my husband too, because we have two kids. Okay. So I worked full time in the ER and then went back to school and got my nurse practitioner degree, which is about two and a half years. Yeah. Um, and man, it was intense for a while, but we survived and it's paid <laughs> off. <laughs> was working in the ER, was it, I mean, was it scary? Like, was it like, I mean, I'm sure you saw some really crazy things, huh? Yeah, I mean, you you get some scary stuff. We lived in Austin, Texas for a while. Okay. Uh, we're in New Mexico now. Okay. And um, but man, downtown Austin, you'll get some pretty cool well, I think it's cool <laughs> stuff that runs through the door, but you gotta be a special person to work in an ER, that's for sure. It takes a special kind of mentality and personality, but it's yeah. so funny like how I feel like just by that by that phrasing, we see some pretty cool things. It's like, you're the right person for the job. Cause for me, one of my best friends from the time I was two or three, we, his, his name is Tucker. Like we started doing gymnastics together when we were like three years old and he works in the ER now. And some of the stuff he tells me, I'm just like, Oh my God. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that becoming normal for me. You know, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, oh, the stories that we could tell. I will, <laughs> I'll say, I'll save you the details, but yeah. <laughs> I might fun. at the end of the, of the call, I might ask for like one of your craziest stories, just like to end the call with that, because I love those types of stories, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see how the call goes. And, and if you're willing <laughs> to share, I would love that. Okay. Uh, so, so I know we spoke on Instagram, um, but people listening don't know we spoke on Instagram. Could you just give me a refresher of what we spoke about and, and why we're talking now? Absolutely. So um, I have, well, just to throw out some cool stuff towards you, I have followed you for about two and a half to three years on social media. Thank you. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it took me mm, probably about a year of uh, consistently reading and following your stuff to finally like start drinking the Kool-Aid, you know? <laughs> And uh, so about uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, my husband and I really started working on our fitness, weight loss, and kind of getting on board with things. And so long story short, in the last about a year or so, I'd say um, I've lost about 30 pounds. Wow. Congrats. That's awesome, amazing. Right? Like super excited. It's been great. Um, and 
but I've kind of hit a point where I don't want to say I'm tired of dieting. And, and at this point, I really don't even see it much as a diet anymore. It's a lot of just lifestyle changes that we've made. Um, but I'm kind of tired of thinking about it, right? Like mm. thinking about what am I eating? What's the plan? How is it going to play out? And what is the consequence of this food, right? Like, am I yeah. hitting my protein? Am I hitting my fiber? All of these things, which are great mentalities to have, but kind of feeling myself like I need a break. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, just this past summer, we went on a cruise. And so, of course, right before you go on a cruise, you got to really buckle down. right? <laughs> and so I did my own little mini cut, my husband and I did. And coming back from it, I just have struggled to kind of get back into lifestyle mentality and just getting back into it, I guess. And so I felt myself feeling like I needed a diet break. But I'm also it makes me nervous because I don't trust myself in that process, right? Like I've built these habits over the last year and a half and I, I hear you, I know what you have to say. I know your mentality and your theories and how to do it, but it makes me nervous to give myself any kind of leeway mm -hmm. to not think about it because historically I'm a yo-yo dieter to the end and I would, drop 20 pounds just to turn around and gain it back when mm. I decided to be like, Oh, I'm good. I lost my weight. And so I'm terrified of ending up back at that point. And so how do you take a diet break without overdoing it? And when do you know when to, okay, it's time to jump back into this. And when do you know when it's time to get serious again or when, Hey, I've let go of things too much. Makes total sense. Makes 100% sense. Now, I'm actually going to ask you to walk me through your history, like, okay. and sort of how we arrived here, right? Because I think it helps me better understand you as a, as a dieter and like, and your personality, if I know a little bit more about like your personal history with this stuff. So I know you said historically you would yo-yo diet, um, lose it, gain it, lose it, gain it. Um, could you just walk me through a little bit about like what you've went through, what ended up causing you to get to a point where you're like, all right, like now I'm going to drink this random guy's Kool-Aid and then cool. So then you did it, lost 30 pounds. And then from there, we'll talk about how do we actually make this shift into uh, a diet break? We can talk all about doing that, but I, I just want to get a better picture of what it's been like for you previously. So could you just walk me through that? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, so I'm, a, I'm, I guess all in all, what you consider, I'm a pretty athletic, physical person. I've been fit the majority of my life. Um, my husband and I did CrossFit for years. He was a CrossFit coach. Um, and so, I mean, I'm not a marathon runner by any means. I'm more <laughs> of a powerlifting kind of girl. Um, but I've never really been overweight mm -hmm. significantly. Um, and so... Going through school, we lived in Austin, life got a little tough, and I gained about 50 pounds more than what I had ever been. And um, a lot of you, the, I think that was when the worst of my diet was of um, gaining and losing. Um, I would super calorie restrict, 1,000 to 1,200 calories, and then I'd get sick of it, throw in the towel, gain it all back. Uh, we went, we tried to get back into CrossFit for a while and uh, lost some weight with that, of course, um, with some adjustments to my diet, but not much. Um, but it was a lot of calorie restriction, um, starving all the time, hangry <laughs> all the time. Um, and then bouncing back and being like, okay, I lost 10 pounds. Cool. I can eat loosen up a little bit on my calories. And the next thing I turn around, I've gained all 10 pounds back plus another five. Got it. And so I was very much a, I'm a all in or all out kind of person. I have a hard time finding that middle ground. Um, and so it wasn't up until, you know, following you kind of realizing like, you know what, I don't have to eliminate foods. Mm. <laughs> I can still eat a donut and still be, okay. Like it's not an all extreme or nothing. It's not a, I have to be miserable to be the weight that I want to be at. And 
um, my husband kind of started that process. And again, I'm naturally a very competitive person. So if he's going <laughs> to lose weight, I got to do better. Right. Um, and he, and he's a very even kill kind of dude very much. He's like, I've been telling you what this guy has been telling you for like the last <laughs> 15 years of our marriage. So why you're taking it from him and not from me, but that's a different story. Right. <laughs> but, um, so he, a lot of the same stuff, you know, just even kill slow and steady half a pound a week here, two pounds in a couple of weeks down the road was coming off the scale and he lost 50 pounds. Wow. And it took him about a year to do it. And I looking at him and I'm like, all right. Like, I'm like, okay, I guess slow and steady really does work. And so I kind of started with the process of um, when I really started. So back up about a year from today, a year ago, um, I started with, I'm just going to go to the gym because I like to go to the gym. Love that. Not because I heard if I do, you know, incline of 12, 30 minutes, and a pace of 3.0 that I'll burn fat and I'll lose weight. And I'll that's a huge thing right now. The 12, right? 30 thing. Oh my God. I hear that everywhere. <laughs> yes. Uh, not for me, by the way, tried it. Would it recommend it? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and so I just started with getting into the gym because I'm just naturally athletic and I enjoy movement. I enjoy doing things and figuring out that I could go to the gym because I like it, not because I have something to accomplish. Mm. And it kind of just slowly progressed. Okay, now I'm going to start replacing all my sodas with water. And I'll sprinkle one in there every once in a while if I want it. But, you know, I'm okay with that change. And kind of slowly, progressively, slowly made a change on top of a change on top of a change. And I'm like, okay, I lost a pound this week. Cool. And then turn around. Oh, okay. We're consistently showing some dips and oh Jordan said it's okay that it's going to go up so it's going to go up I'm not going to freak out right like and just sticking with what felt good mm. and what I could tolerate and um and so that's kind of how it progressed over the last year and honestly I hadn't this sounds so different from what I've ever been historically but I I turned around in June and somebody had asked me how much weight I had lost and I was like well you know, probably like 10, 10 pounds. I've been tracking it the whole time, mind you. And they're like, really? You look like you've lost more. And I said, well, you know, in about the last two months, I've only lost about 10 pounds or so, maybe, probably less than that, if I'm being honest. And they're like, wow, you just seem like you've lost so much more weight than that. So I was like, well, let me look into my inner circle app. And I went back to the whole year and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what? But it's been so slow and it's been so up and down and up and yeah. down. That I just got so tired of adding, okay, I've lost 21 pounds. Oh, now I lost 19 pounds. And then, <laughs> oh, back up. Oh, I lost 20. Nope. We're 18. <laughs> you know, that I eventually just stopped doing that and just kind of let it happen. And I wasn't counting. Oh, I lost 0.3 today. And so long story short, it sounds funny to say I turned around and lost 30 pounds because I worked my butt off for it. Yep. But I just got so sick of being so micromanaging of the scale that I just let it happen in some ways. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, like I said, come June or July, we went on a cruise. And so, of course, uh, my husband and I were like, six pack ups, <laughs> you know, drop those last little bit or whatever it was. We did not get six pack abs in our last four <laughs> weeks before the cruise, but uh, we got really serious, really buckled down, kind of burned myself out. I know I can already hear you telling me crash diets <laughs> don't work. I hear it, but we did it and we felt great going into the cruise, but coming home, I'm like, I'm burned out, right? Like I can get back in the gym. I'm okay with it, but I'm a little like, okay, how do I find this middle ground again mm -hmm. of, um, not overly restricting. I still have about 15 pounds that I would like to get back down on 15 to 20. I'm not desperate for it. Um, but I need to continually make that progress nice and slow, but I'm just, uh, out. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, so now you want to go on a diet break. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm assuming 
during the diet break, just relax. Like take your mind off of off of dieting, take your mind off of trying to lose weight. And then eventually, if you still want to, then go back into it with a more fresh, less burned out or like reinvigorated mindset. Exactly. Yeah. And doing all of that without losing or going backwards or picking up those bad habits that I carried for however long I carried them. Yeah. I just don't trust myself, I think is what it, a lot of it boils down to. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so first and foremost, thank you for sharing all of that. That helps a lot and it paints a really good picture. Second, huge congrats on your progress because it's fucking incredible. Uh, and I do not say that lightly. It's like truly in- remarkable what you've been able to do for you and your husband. So congrats to him as well. Um, in terms of what you were saying, I want to make it really clear. I'm unbelievably impressed with so much of the nuance that you picked up throughout your process so far, so much of the lessons that you learned, even like when you said, you, you know, I'm going to go to the gym just because I love it. Like, that's the best. That's amazing, right? Where it's like, I'm not, like, it's not necessarily about going here for accomplishing something in particular. There's nothing wrong with that if that is the goal. But it's like, I'm just going to do this because I like it, which is, that's that's the best. And then also to get to a point where you track the numbers, but you don't live and die by the numbers. Like, you've been tracking in the app. You've been tracking your weight. But... For example, like my weight went up by 1.8 pounds today. Like I had a, a weight spike or 1.4, whatever the fuck it was. I don't know. <laughs> weight went up. It's like a lot of people would do that thing that you said where it's like, oh, well, now I've technically only lost this amount because that whatever they weigh that day is that's the number that they're going by. And so mm-hmm. for you to be like, you know what, like whatever, like I'm going to track the weights, but I'm just tired of living and dying by that number. So much of what you've done is, I think, such an advanced form of dieting, an advanced mindset that what you have is what most people strive for. And I, I want you to know that because you, the things that you sort of just nonchalantly said, in my mind as you were talking, I was like, I really hope people are understanding the level with which like you're speaking, the, the, the lessons that you're discussing, which is why I wanted to repeat it a little bit now. Because these things are, you just said, it just came off your tongue. Like, like it was yeah. no big deal. It's a huge deal to have all of these lessons and understandings and, and to not let the numbers bother you and to just sort of move on and go on with your life and do the things you love that you enjoy. Like mm-hmm. this is it. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like those last four weeks before the cruise just burned you the fuck out. You're like, you were so strict and so rigid, which is fine. It's, it's, I don't think it's a bad thing that you tried it because now, you know, it's like, all right, well, that's definitely not something I want to make a habit out of doing because you can't sustain it and it just burns you out long term. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with trying it. I think the best thing anyone can do when they're trying to trying to figure out what works best for them is trial and error. Try it. It's like why I, I don't tell people don't do keto. It's like if you want to try keto, go for it, but good fucking luck. Like you're probably not right. going to like it. So yes. <laughs> give it a shot if you want to see if it's a good idea. Um, yeah. Now let's, let's get down to brass tacks, diet breaks. Okay. I think it's the first time in my life I've ever used that phrase. Let's get down to brass tacks. Um, I don't even know why it came to my mind, but I was like, I'm going to say that. It's going to sound We're gonna cool. We're going to roll with it. <laughs> So don't, don't even know what it means, but I hear I hear what you're saying. I don't, I don't know what it means either. <laughs> I sort of want to Google it. I'm going to Google right. it before we're done. Um, I look at diet breaks. I look at there are two different types of diet breaks. Okay, I, there are two different ones, and the one that that I think is going to be best for you, and the one that you're talking about is the second kind. I'll introduce the first kind, which actually I did the other day. The first type of diet break is a very brief, one or two day thing where it's like you're in the middle of a dieting phase. And like, for example, I had been 100% consistent for 10 days straight. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a day where I deliberately go over my calories. I'm like not going to count. Like I'm not, some people would call this a cheat day. Some people would call this a refeed. This for me is just a, it's a break. I'm taking a break. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. use, like it's, it's not a cheat day. I'm not doing anything wrong. I hate the word refeed just because it sounds obnoxious. It's like I'm fucking eating food. I'm just going to take a break from my diet. That's all it is. Um, people yeah. are like, yeah, we're doing a refeed. It's like, oh, so you're eating more? Cool. Um, right. <laughs> so, uh, that is a, a short-term diet break where I was like, cool, I'm just going to take the day off basically. Um, 
because I've been 100% consistent and I wasn't feeling overly hungry. I wasn't feeling stressed. I wasn't feeling like I was missing anything. But at 10 days of 100% consistency, I was like, I'd rather do it now than wait until I do start to feel hungry or wait until I do start to crave stuff. I was like, I'm going to get ahead of it, have a day, just enjoy. And then I'm, I'm reinvigorated the next day. Yeah. Um, so that's one kind. The other kind, which is what I think you're referring to, and I think might be a better choice for you, is a little bit of a longer time frame. Now, how long is ambiguous? It, it really depends on you and what you want and you need. It could be a week, could be six months. Like mm-hmm. it could, it could, it literally could start out as a break that you think is going to be a month. And then it's just like, you know what, fuck it. Like I'm really happy here and I don't want to change anything. So it, the amount of time, there's no definitive time here. It's a hundred percent up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I want to make clear here is when we go into a longer term break, essentially this is like a maintenance break is what it is like a diet break. This is a maintenance break. Cause when you go into this diet, longer term diet break, you don't want to gain your weight back. Right. Mm -hmm. So you want to stay in this range. So the important thing here is I always want people to understand the first time you do anything in life, you're going to make mistakes. Anything like I don't the first time you do, I would imagine the first time you went into the ER, there were probably mistakes that you made. Right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah. The first time, I don't know, like literally anything, any skill, you always make mistakes. The cool part about this situation though, no matter what happens, you always know how to lose weight. It's true. And this is, I know you had said you were like, you were like a little bit scared, like felt fearful about doing this because like you don't want to go back to what you were before. There's no way you can ever go back to what you were before because you have the knowledge that you have now, like the, the person you are now has so much more knowledge and understanding of this process. So that's why I can like hang out and gain five, 10 pounds. And I don't give a shit because I know if I ever want to lose weight, I know exactly how to do it. Yeah. It's it's really not that crazy difficult, right? Where it's like, one of the reasons I don't care about having a six pack is because it's like, well, I I know if I want to, like, I know exactly what I need to do. It's like, so if I want to have it cool, but it's just not fucking worth it. So I want to eliminate the fear or if I can't eliminate it, at least dull it as much as possible. So that, cause you, it's important for you to understand no matter what happens, you can always lose weight again. It's, it's, yeah. I remember when I was younger and just getting into the industry and I truly, like I was seeing people, like there was a, this one guy in particular, Martin Burke, and um, he had these amazing client success stories. And I was like, how does this guy, like this guy has figured out fat loss. Like this guy figured it out. And I didn't, I hadn't figured it out yet. I was still trying to find everything and learn all the new things. It's, but once I figured it out, it's, it's not scary anymore. It's like, cool. I know exactly what to do. I know what you're empowered, right? You have that control. No, I understand what you're saying. And it helps remove the fear because one of the issues is if you're scared of going into taking a diet break because you don't want to mess up and then gain the weight back, it's like, well, number one, I guarantee you're not going to gain all your weight back. Like you're not, but even if you gain 10 pounds, that's not a failure and you know how to lose it. And what if over the course of like you, let's say you take a diet break for, I don't know, six months and you gain 10 pounds back, but you really enjoy those six months. You have some amazing memories. You have some, your favorite foods, whatever it is you do. And it's like, you know what? All right, cool. My jeans are a little bit tight. Now I'm going to rein it in for the next eight weeks and lose these 10 pounds. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty fucking good life right there. It's like, <laughs> yeah. That for me is the quintessence of maintenance where it's like, yeah, I'm going to like, I'm going to lose the weight that I want to lose. I'm going to then enjoy myself. I'm not going to go crazy overboard, but like maybe I'll slowly gain a little bit. Boom. Then I rein it back in, get it back in check. So I spend like six to 12 months just relaxing and enjoying and being healthy. And then what, four to eight weeks of being in a slight calorie deficit? Like that's nothing, it's so easy. And this is where like very few people, there are, I can count on one hand how many people I know who when they go into maintenance, they literally stay within like a one to two pound range. Like, and those people are are usually not living a great life. Like they're not like, they're mm-hmm. so strict with their nutrition. They're so rigid. It's like, 
yeah, great. You're maintaining that range, but at what cost? So for that's my thought when, when, when we're going into this diet break, I don't want you to be fearful of, of regaining the weight because you're not going to regain all of it. I promise you. And you might not even regain 10 pounds, but if you do, who cares? Yeah. (laughs) Right. You're so right. You're so right. And that's what I'm like, you know, it's just a, I'm in control of it. Right. And I think that before, um, and I think I forgot to mention this earlier, I had even tried like prescription medication to lose weight, which I'm like, Oh, now I even hate even saying it, you know, but, um, I was desperate, you know, and I just, I just needed something to fix it. And, but as soon as I, stopped thinking about it as soon as I stopped trying as soon as I had a cheat day one turned into two and I like it felt like I just turned around and not only did I gain everything back but it plus some Mm. and I'm like well how am I going to lose it again like the idea of doing the things that I had done to lose that weight was overwhelming like I can't drop down to 1200 calories again that was miserable and so I'm never going to get those 10 pounds lost again. And so that mentality, even though it's a couple years old is, you know, it still sings in the background as I'm still, I, I hear you. Yes. Right. But reminding myself, like, uh, you know what? I am like, I already did it once. I can, I can do this again. Like I am, I am in control of that. And you're right. And it was, right. it wasn't the four weeks pre cruise that caused all of that weight loss. It was the slow and steady and sustainable and enjoyable over that time frame. that, you know, like you could literally, how how many calories were you eating over that time frame on a daily basis? Over the three to four weeks? No, 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 not the three to four weeks over like the longer term. Uh, probably like 18 to 2000, 1800, 2000. Yeah. Like that's, is that relatively sustainable for you. It's pretty simple. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I'm doing right now for my, for my mini cut, like 1800 to 2000 or so. Um, that's not, that's not bad. Like you can still enjoy Like I've, I'm still drinking like on a very regular basis, like enjoying snacks on a regular basis. We just had a big holiday. It was a big Jewish holiday. Like I was able to enjoy this amazing noodle kugel dessert dish that my mom makes. Um, 1800 to 2000 is not bad at all. So worst comes to worst, all you do is go back to that <laughs> yeah. whenever you want. Yeah. That's You're literally so right. it. Yeah. So so with that in mind, the next important question is do you want to keep tracking calories during your diet break or not? And there's no definitive right or wrong answer here, but this is an important question because if for some people counting their calories is very easy and it's enjoyable for other people, they fucking hate it. And like, that's the thing that they want the break from. Mm-hmm. So, so where do you fall on that spectrum? Uh, I mean, I, I think I fall more towards, I'm done with counting calories, uh, not done with, I need a break from counting yeah. calories. Um, for my husband, it comes easy. He's like, he can sit there at dinner and not have thought about it all day backtrack to what he has had and wow. me almost down to 100 to 150 calories what he's had for that's the day. crazy it's crazy it's not fair i'm like whatever <laughs> you know, like, and for me if i don't log yeah. and measure every single thing that i eat or if i don't pre pre-make my little meals i just i historically and it's been a while since i've let myself not do all of that overserved myself or mm-hmm. that doesn't count. I just snacked on that. And that's where my calories would always seem to bite me in the butt is my mm-hmm. meals would be fine, but I'm a snacker. I'm a grazer. And, you know, a tablespoon or five of peanut butter wasn't really <laughs> going to count, right? Like, you know what I mean? Those kind of things. And so, um, but I, to go back to your question, it's the tracking. I'm tired. Like, I don't want to open my, my calorie tracker apps don't want to worry about all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I don't know how to keep myself in check without measuring everything, without counting up my calories at the end of the day. Makes total sense. Thank you for being honest. That makes total sense. This is going to make this much easier. Um, so 
one of the issues that people have that one of the reasons they yo-yo diet is like they'll you know do the 1200 and then they'll they'll like they'll lose all the weight and then they gain it all back is when they're dieting they are eating completely different foods than when they're not dieting right so it's like they will change all of their foods they'll change all their portion sizes they will starve themselves when they're trying to lose weight and then once they get to us the weight that they want to be at or once they're fed up enough that they can't do it anymore then they just start eating like shit and eating way too much. And so it's it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. One thing that's important to consider regarding a, a diet break or a maintenance phase, whatever we want to call it, I think it's just an extension of the weight loss phase. The only difference is that the difference is like you aren't all of a sudden going to eat all these different types of foods. It's not like, okay, well, when we lose weight, we only eat vegetables. And when we're not losing weight, we have chicken wings and fries and Pop-Tarts and pizza. Like that's, that's, that's when people fail. Mm -hmm. People have been asking me, what am I doing differently on this mini cut? The only difference is I've reduced my portion sizes. That is it. So when I decide to stop being a mini cut, I will eat the same fucking foods in slightly larger portions. Um, I will also probably have a few more meals a week where it's like, you know what, I'll, I'll get pizza with my wife. I'll order in pizza and that's fine. And maybe I would have made my own meal that night instead. So I have a few extra meals where I'll have more calories and, and all and all of that. But 90% of the foods I eat are the same, just bigger portions. Mm-hmm. So that's really, I want you to think of this diet break as simply an extension of what you're already doing, just eating more of those foods. So if you have, do do you have a, a sort of a, a cyclical aspect of like, all right, so I usually have some of like one of these meals for breakfast and one of these meals for lunch, and then maybe dinner is the variable. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. So literally do the exact same thing. When you go into this diet break, I don't want the, the breakfast or lunch to change. I want, I want you to stick to the same things. Like when, whether I'm losing weight or maintaining weight, I'm basically eating the same breakfast and lunch almost every single day. It's like either like oatmeal with, with frozen Mm -hmm. fruits and my like basil seeds or, or Greek yogurt. Like it's basically the same thing almost Mm -hmm. every single day. This is such an overlooked aspect of, of being able to maintain a healthy weight long-term is you probably eat more or less the same things on a very consistent basis. So, and it's, it's a huge advantage because it's, you don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. You choose something you enjoy. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you suffer through it. You, I enjoy this breakfast. I enjoy my lunch, but it's basically the same things every day. And then that gives me that when I finally had the time to sit down with my wife and I can just enjoy a great meal, then cool. Let's order pizza. I don't give a fuck. Like I know generally about how much I've eaten today so I can, yeah, let's get the pizza. Let's have this, whatever. Oh, you cook this. I don't care. I'm not going to count the calories in this meal. Like I'm glad you used butter. I'm glad you, whatever it is. Like, I don't care. I'm going to have a portion and it's great. So the easiest way to transition is to keep the meals relatively the same, eat slightly bigger portions, and then give yourself a little bit of extra freedom. And, and it, that's if you were counting calories, it would be a different story because we could be more precise. But I'm like you, and I don't want to be fucking counting calories unless like I need to. Yeah. And and because now I feel so confident in knowing if I ever want to lose ten pounds, I know exactly what to do. Cool. Fine. I'm. Totally fine with this. So does that give you a little bit more confidence and and does that make sense from what I've said thus thus far? Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, it just, while you were talking about it, I think I haven't put credence or given credit to how much our diet as a family has changed Mm. in the last year and a half or two years. Uh, My husband's primarily the cook of the family and I'm totally fine with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know, when he started his weight loss stuff, you know, all of our dinners changed because we went from, you know, lasagnas and enchiladas and <laughs> all the good stuff, right, to uh, a Salisbury steak smothered in gravy. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> we didn't go a meal without mashed potatoes and gravy or biscuits or whatever. Anyways, um, to now, now you hungry. know, I think about, I know, <laughs> uh, me too, but thinking about you know, how much our diet has truly changed. And it's stuff that I don't even think about anymore because it's, it's, it's what we do now. And I don't think I've put enough credit into that. Cause when you say it like that, I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. Right. Which is 98% of why I follow you. Cause I'm like, 
though. I should have thought of that. Like, it's so simple, right? Simple, but not easy. But um, it's just that I didn't think about it in those terms. And our diet has changed so much. And you're so right, because I, I can eat the same foods, still be healthy, hit my fiber just by based off of what we're eating. I'm probably pretty close to my protein goals. And, you know, I'm not going to be crazy on my calories because we're not eating all of the same foods that we were eating before yes. we made these changes. And I just, yeah, there, there's no longer dieting food and non-dieting food. There's just food. Yes. That's it. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, because uh, that's completely opposite of what I grew up with. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just totally different. You are allowed these types of foods when you're on a diet and when you're not on a diet, then that's when you eat these foods. And if you you can't call yourself healthier dieting if you're eating this this and this right and exactly so unwinding all of that mentality and mindset it's just i can hear it but it's remembering it and applying it that is it's difficult sometimes the hardest part yes. yeah the mind that's the biggest obstacle but i mean mm -hmm. you, you've accomplished so much and you've done so well and you've really set yourself up for a very successful diet break like you've set yourself up for it. Like you are in the best position possible. Um, and it's also important for you to know because you're going more towards maintenance in this diet break, you you can eat more, right? So you you're you can have more calories to maintain your current weight. It's not like drastic, it's not an extra thousand by any means, but probably several hundred a day. But what that means is yes, definitely try to stick to the same foods on a regular basis, so it's like 90% of the time, stick to the same foods, just bigger portions. But I also, I don't want you to feel bad. Like if, if you and your husband go out to eat, I don't know. And like, and in, like, I want you to enjoy, um, still keep portion control in mind. Like always like portion control should always something that we should always be aware of, right? Like it doesn't mean yeah. we're always going to follow it in Like, I don't know, during the, uh, some, some big holidays, I definitely like, ah, fuck it, whatever. And like, I just <laughs> right. eat a lot and it's fine. But like, the majority of the time I'm very aware of portion sizes because this is what's really important. Like that's the most important thing. Um, so I want you to be, yeah, you know what? Like go get pizza. I don't know. Go get Salisbury steak, whatever, like have that. But the majority of the time should be exactly the foods that you've eaten over the last year, year and a half or so, just slightly bigger portions. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And why can't we just put those pieces together right on our own? <laughs> Even if we could, though, I just think there's something to be said for having a conversation with someone and talking it out, right? Like there's something to be said for even if you knew that, which you did, I, I guarantee you knew it, but to have the conversation and get the reinforcement, I, I've realized a lot of what has helped, what like as a coach, a lot of what has helped people the most is just getting the reinforcement to know it's like, oh, okay, I'm doing it right. Okay. I am doing it right. Just to be told, no, you're, you're doing the right things. You're taking the right steps. It's, it's really helpful. It really, mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's really, I think one of the reasons why people will pay for coaching is because like, yes, some people will pay for a coach because they, they don't know what to do. But after a certain point, you're going to know exactly what that coach is going to have you do. You're really paying just for number one, the accountability and also for the for the reinforcement of, OK, I know this is right just because they're telling me it is, which it, you can't really put a price on that. Like that's to have the confidence in yourself to know the plan you're following is is right. It gives you the confidence to stay consistent, to keep doing it. It's it's very helpful. So even though I guarantee you knew it, it can just be helpful to have that, like my voice in your head being like, Hey, you're, you're doing it right. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just those constant reminders, like lessons that, uh, I absorbed, <clears throat> excuse me, that, you know, I absorbed over time a year ago are, you know, every once in a while pop up and I'm like, Oh, I knew that. And I haven't been applying that, you know, like, I think recently, you know, one of the first lessons I think I learned from you was the, like, whether you're motivated or not, you get up and you go, like, you're not always going to be motivated, right? You're all, you, you just got to choose to do it sometimes, which is kind of like a, but, uh, you know, and I'm like, I lived off of that for six, seven, eight months and it was great. And then I went through a phase where I didn't have to think about it and it was fine. I just got into the habit and the routine. We went on the cruise 
apparently cruises are a bad idea for this kind of stuff but, <laughs> yeah. but I went on the cruise and I came back and I'm like oh I just don't feel like going to the gym and <laughs> struggled and you know missed some days that I typically wouldn't have missed and I think you posted probably you know something within that time frame that's like I don't care whether you're motivated or not you still I think it was around when you had your baby yeah like I'm still here I'm not motivated to be here I'm choosing to be here and I was like oh <laughs> I, like how did I forget that lesson you know I knew that but it's just the reminding over and over and over saying the same things over and over again that you just have to have that sometimes that's why I post that all the time because yeah. majority of the time I'm really not motivated I just, it's just a habit and I, and I have to do it um but every time I make that post People are always like, I really needed to hear that right now. I really need to hear <laughs> yes. that. Like, my DMs immediately just message, message. It's like people are like, oh, fuck. Like, it's, I wish one time I need to screen record it where like I post it and then just have all of the messages coming in from people being oh like, I really hear that. Cause people would be like, oh my God, I'm not alone. Like, that's every single time I know for a fact. As soon as I put myself in the gym and say, I don't want to be here, but I'm here, my messages are going to go crazy every single time. Yeah. Well, it's because it's inspiring. Well, and it's so counter. Uh, it's not counterintuitive, but it's, you know, it's against nature, right? Like it's against you listening to what you want to do. And this yeah. idea of do what makes you happy. Do it. Oh, makes you don't good. get me started on that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, if I remember though, the gym does make me feel good. Yeah. I just got to get through the hard part of getting my ass there. Right. Or getting up and doing it, whether I want to or not. But I always end up wanting to be there and wishing I had done it when yes. I don't go. Yes. And so learning that lesson, but we go, we go to the gym at four in the morning, which Jeez. I, I know, but I would hate to be you going at 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. So I, I cringe as much as you do, <laughs> you know, in reverse. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that the other night. Cause last night I got a workout in around like midnight and I was just like, I'm just a night owl. Like I, I've always been that. So for me, working out at night, isn't a big deal. Obviously I would rather not do that, but like. I'm doing the late night feeding with my daughter. So it's, it's, I'm, if I'm, I have to get it in no matter what. So whatever, not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But I, I, waking up early in the morning, it's like, I would rather be waterboarded than fucking <laughs> than do that. So all the yeah. respect to you for doing that because it's, it's amazing. But it also goes to show like different strokes for different folks, right? It's like, yes, you just yeah. got to do what works best for you. I don't care what fucking time it is, just got to do it. Yeah, well, waking, you know, if I waited till 11 o'clock at night, I have had all day to talk myself into yeah. a million reasons why I shouldn't go to the gym. Yeah. Whereas I just wake up in the morning, all I have to do is put my feet on the ground and get up and then I'm good. You know, it's a, it's a really tough 45 seconds. You know what I will say? I think the greatest benefit to, to working out early as opposed to late is once it's done, you don't have to think about it anymore. That's the one thing where all day I still know I have to do it, which like for me, it's not a big deal. Like I'm going to do it no matter what, but I could see like for other people, like it's hanging over your head and, mm -hmm. and it can be a real strain mentally and emotionally, especially if working out isn't something you enjoy. Like I love working out. I really enjoy yeah. it. So, and I know you like going to the gym as well, but if it's hanging over your head all day, like it's, it can be really tough. So I do think working out in the morning does have that advantage over at night for sure. Yeah, it definitely does. It's it's in and out. Hardest part of the day is done by 530 in the morning. Yeah. And then, you know, well, I say that to me, the hardest part of the day, especially through diet and, and, and on any type of weight loss journey is making the good choices over and over and over again. Yes. The workout's the easy part for me. Getting out of bed's hard. The workout's easy. Yeah. I can go to the gym. Like if I could lose weight just through exercise <laughs> alone, I would be right where I needed to be. But I have a hard time making the good choices, you know, 10, yeah. eight to 10 times a day or whatever. Well, that looks I mean, like. you, you, it might be difficult, but clearly you're doing it because your progress has been extraordinary. So it's definitely, I think making those choices is the hardest part for sure. But I hope you know, like you're doing amazing. Like you, you've Thank done you. an incredible job, and and I'm beyond proud of you and super impressed. And um, there, there's no question, nutrition is way harder than working out. At least like for me, and and I like like True. if 
if all it took to be shredded was working out an hour a day, like I would be shredded to bits. Like that's (laughs) like no problem. No, that's fine. Yeah. If it was like, Hey, it's going to be two hours a day of a super hard workout. Cool. Done. Mm -hmm. If like, if I could just work out so hard for two hours and then eat whatever I wanted, that would be the best situation in the world for me. But eating is the most difficult, most important part. It's like, it's, it's without question, the most challenging, but with time and like even something as simple, another thing that sort of just rolled off your tongue that you said very nonchalantly, it's like you've changed so much of what you're eating. And so now it's, it's your lifestyle to eat different foods on a regular basis. It's not like you can't have those other foods, but you're not having those regularly. And in those quantities, now you're having more nutrient dense, uh, lower calorie, higher nutrient, like yeah, options for you on a regular basis, which makes this whole process way easier way easier oh my gosh yes yep well and like you've talked about increasing that protein you know like i'm not hungry like i'm staying within calories but i'm not hungry because my protein sizes are yes. like i'm eating the right foods like yes yeah i was trying to live off of you know a salad with <laughs> like nothing in it but it was still 400 calories and I'm starving in an hour, you know, exactly. And I like, that was a third of my calories for the day. And I'm like, well, shit, <laughs> like, sucked. that sucked. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, I mean, drowning it in ranch is probably never a good idea, but <laughs> anyways, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. And thank you. Cause uh, again, my husband wants to take the credit, but I say a lot of it is just hearing it and hearing it over and over and you reiterating and simplifying a lot of what culture has complicated. Like it's not a complicated process. I think you've said it before. It's, it's a simple idea. It's not easy. It's not easy to, to enact and do it and make those choices every day, but it's not a complicated concept. And I love that about it. Um, before we get off, is there any other questions or anything that you that I could help with? You know what? I was thinking of one while you were talking, and now it's just <laughs> it's gone. Um, no, I don't think so. You know, it's it's um the one thing that of your mentality or your philosophy, however you want to say. The things that you preach that I just haven't been able to really implement um, consistently is the 10,000 steps a day. Man, mm. I try. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I go to the gym, I get on the treadmill, but it's a limited, like I have a time frame and I can't, I'm not getting up before four o'clock. No, morning, please don't. Right? It's just not going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> um, and so I have, you know, time in there and I try to follow my workout schedules and routines, but I just with my it's a million excuses. I struggle to hit that 10 K a day. How many um, do you get? Well, uh, on a typical workout day, extra effort, for a while, for an extra busy evening and on average, probably about 7,000 to 75. Oh. Shoot. Can you, uh, can you see me or hear me? Oh, there we go. Did you hear me? Yeah, yeah. So you said about seven thousand seventy five hundred. Okay. Yeah, that's without. That's like my workout in the morning, and then just a typical day at work and typical afternoon activities with the kids. I hit maybe seventy five hundred in a day. Okay, so just so you know, seventy five hundred is is totally fine. If you could get seventy five hundred, that's really where we see. That's the minimum of what like the the most benefit that we really see is. So if you could get at least 7,500 on a consistent basis, that's what I I try and get people to shoot for. Um, Above 7,500, the benefits, it's the benefits don't go down, but they, you don't go up very much from 7,500 to 10,000. So I, I don't want you to feel bad for getting 7,500. The, the minimum I would like people to get is 7,500. But if I have someone who's getting 2000, then first I'll go from 2000 to 2500. But the eventual goal is minimum 7500 a day. So if you could get that, that would be fantastic. And I think it would make that it's going to be much easier for you. Okay. 
Yeah. And and it used to not be an issue, you know, when I worked in the ER, 14 to 15,000 steps yeah. a day was average, right? I never paid attention to it. And now, I mean, if I don't work out, my office that we work in is little and I don't have room to pace on the phone, right? Yeah, like I've heard yeah. you talk about that. I don't have, even have room for a walking treadmill at my desk. It's really? It's just too okay. small. Yeah. yeah. And the rooms, you know, from me to my patient rooms are maybe 10 steps. And it's, Got it. you know, just that constant back and forth all day. And so outside of the gym, I'm lucky to, if I don't go to the gym that day, I'm lucky to get, you know, four to 5,000. But great, thankfully, I go most days. And so I hit that 7,500. But man, outside of that, you know, it, it can be tough. So I'm glad to hear that because yeah. I was frustrated. It is, um, it, it, it can be very, very tough. So 7,500, if you can get that, that's definitely the, what I'd like you to shoot for. Um, there are other things. So for example, I know there are these like under the desk, like type elliptical type things. I don't know if you've seen those before. Uh, people ask me about them all the time. Um, if you want to use those, that's totally fine. Like it's just a, another way just to move your body while like if you're sitting at your desk um, and it's it's pretty easy to put in a, in a small space. But I mean, I know when I was living in New York City, I was getting 18 to 22,000 steps a day, no, no problem. Like that was yeah. easy. Now living in Dallas, it's like, it's much harder, much, mm. much, 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 much harder. In fact, I mean, I'm looking at my watch right now. I only have 1800 steps on the day. It's, it's almost 7 p.m. So, I mean, I'm yeah. going to get my workout in later, but, you know, I don't – I have to make an effort to do it. And usually it happens in, in like, a couple, like, one or two bursts. Like, um, I do like the, the walking pad that I have because if I'm, like, in my office a lot on a given day, it's right there. But on a day like today where I haven't been in my office that much, then, like, it, you know, you can see my steps have been super low today. I'm going to have to get them all when I do my workout tonight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you could shoot for that 7,500, that would be great. And if you wanted to get like one of those under the desk elliptical type things that you could just sort of sit on and move, it's, it's, you can, but you don't have to. I, I would say that would be much better for someone who is probably really struggling with their steps. They're nowhere near where you're at. And also um, maybe their, their joints are struggling from walking more. And it's, it's another way to get more movement in without really stressing your joints. But for everything you're doing, I think you're great. And I, I would just keep doing exactly what you're doing. Okay. Yeah, I tend to be a perfectionist. So hitting those numbers, I'm like, wow. <laughs> but it, you're right. You're, that's, that's true. Okay. Be, cool. Being a perfectionist is – I. I, I will rip on people when they say that they're perfectionists. And it's, I had two other podcasts today and both of the people said they're perfectionists. Uh, it's, it's, I hate when people say that I hate it because like we're all perfect. We all are, perf we're like, we pick and choose what we're perfectionists at. Right. It's true. It's like, yes. no one is a perfectionist in everything. It's like, we yeah. pick and choose like, well, I'm going to be a perfectionist in this. It's like, but in other things you're like, ah, whatever, it's good enough. It's like you being a you're you've self-proclaimed that and we people will often say that to justify just not doing anything if they can't do anything at all. Get the idea of being a perfectionist out of your fucking mind. It's like stop I, I hate when people are like oh I it's like you know I'm identifying as a perfectionist. It's like listen. Yeah. No no you're not. You're not. Get it out yeah. of your head. You're not a perfectionist. You're not just and because once you remove that mindset then doing a little bit becomes worth it right it's like the all or nothing mindset is is the worst and one of my favorite quotes is to the effect of anything worth doing is is anything worth doing is worth half-assing right it's sort of the opposite of what we hear it's like anything worth yeah. doing, you gotta go, like, go all in it's like well if you can't go all in then you're just gonna not do it at all but if it's worth doing, you should do as much as you can, even on the days where you can't go all in. It's worth doing a little bit if it's worth doing it at all, right? So, like, right. if you can't go all in, if you can't be perfect with it, which you're not the majority of the time, like, do your best. Do your yep. best on that day. You're so right. Well, and I've allowed myself to not be perfect in everything else on this journey. Why am I holding myself to that? perfectionist yes perfectionist sorry standard of 10,000 steps like yes yeah I hear you 
I hear you. <laughs> so, so before we get off, I have I have two questions. The first one is, uh, do you have a crazy story from the ER that you want to share or feel comfortable sharing? If not, that's totally fine. I understand there are laws and stuff around it, so you don't have to share. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, trying to save you. There's some wild stories out there. Some of them really sad. Some of them really dumb. Right? Like, <laughs> I think the one that got me. Uh, one of the most like, oh, I am glad I am not in your shoes today was uh, I had um, somebody come in who reached for eye drops and grabbed nail glue. Shut up. Like women, <laughs> acrylic nail glue. And not only did she mistakenly put it in one eye. Oh, she- my God put it in both eyes, came in with her eyes and eyelashes completely nail glued shut. And I'm like, uh, okay, like, <laughs> what are we going to do with this? Right? Like you can't soak that off. Right. It, you can't. It was, um, no, I mean, not a, essentially not anything that we had in the office and I might be correct. There may be somebody out there that says you can use this or that, but we never could figure out what to use on it. And we ended up having to trim the eyelashes and slowly prying them open as much as you can without it being painful. It was a very complicated, oh she ended up going God. to surgery to get her eyes rinsed out and everything. It was awful. So there's the first one that comes to mind yeah yeah so don't ever put your visines next to your nail clips (laughs) this is not a good idea was her vision Um, did like was she okay eventually uh, i think that yeah i think so if i i mean once they go out of the er you really don't see them again right yeah but i think that you know i if i remember right i was asking the uh specialist like what's going to happen to this lady? Like are we, her eyeballs going to pop out, right? <laughs> All of us are so invested in this. And I think if I remember correctly, he's like, no, we just got to get in there, clean them out. They may be really irritated for a while and need some medication, but she should be okay. So I was like, well, Oh my God, that's crazy. Wow. Well, that's a great, <laughs> yeah. great story. I'm glad I got it. I'm glad I asked. And thank you for telling that. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the other thing I wanted to ask, and it's feel free to say no. So so first and foremost, I've absolutely loved this conversation, and I appreciate you immensely. So thank you for being so open, um, and I think it's going to help a lot of people. Um, my question is, I know at the beginning I told you that people wouldn't see us, they would, they would only hear us. And as we were talking, I was like, fuck, I could put this on YouTube, which I have never done with any of my podcasts, just because I think I want – a lot of people to hear this and hear your story and hear us talk because I think this could help a lot of people. Um, but I also n- like want to give you the opportunity to say like yes or no. So if you're not comfortable with your face being on YouTube, which is totally valid, I do not want you to feel pressured at all. Say, hey, I'd rather not. And I will not put you on YouTube. It will only go on the podcast where people can hear us. But if you are comfortable with that, I'm also going to do that. But please don't feel pressured in either way. Okay. No, I um I don't think I mind it. Um, as long as like I don't have my full name out there. Right? No, 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 so, never, I, never, never, never. And if you want, I could I could change your name as well. I'd say it's something completely different if you'd like. But okay. if it's a hundred percent up to you. Yeah. No, you. Um, I don't mind being out there. I don't mind my face being out there. Um, I just don't. I'm gonna let you deal with all the crazies on the internet and <laughs> not send that juju my way. But no, that's fine with me. I think. Because you'll see the comments section on on YouTube, I think you're going to be very happily surprised with uh, how nice people are and all that. There's always like it's funny. I could get a thousand amazing comments, but the, there's one in there that's just like, "Hey, you're an idiot." And even though I got a thousand good ones, the thousand the the one thousand and first is going to make me feel like shit, right? So right, I, I don't think that's going to happen at all. Um, I know for a fact this is going to help thousands and thousands of people. Like, no, I think it'd sure. be great because it was things like this that you've done in the past that is what helped me the most. So it, it's nice to be able to pay it back a little bit. And you're going to be the first person I've ever done a podcast with like this and then publish it on YouTube. So that's pretty cool as well. <laughs> hey, hey, I'll wear that badge with honor. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
thank you so much. Like, you're amazing. I appreciate you immensely. Uh, I hope you know if you ever need anything, you can always reach out. I'm always here to here to chat. If you ever want to hop on a call with me like this again, email me. Email Cat, and we'll get you on. Like I've okay. loved speaking with you. You're amazing. Thank you for everything, and and don't ever hesitate to reach out. Okay. Awesome, and thank you for everything. I'm a biggest fan. You know, <laughs> I, my husband and I really appreciate what you do and how you put it out there. And we honestly share your stuff all the time. So. I really enjoy it. Thank you for all the effort that you put into all of it too. I think it's really, um, I'm so impressed not to blow smoke up your ass, but your willingness to help people, even when you're not benefiting from it, right? Like I know you just like to help people. You talk about that, but you're putting out so much incredible information, just free. And I think that that's really honorable. I admire you for it. So thank that you so much for everything. And it made a huge difference in our lives. That makes me so happy. Thank you so much. Um, give give your family my love and uh, thank you for everything. And I will talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Have a good evening. Bye. Bye. That wraps it up for this episode of the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. They really help the podcast a lot. So huge thank you to everyone who's done that already. And if you'd like to join the Inner Circle, you can do that at www.sfinnercircle.com or just go to the link in the show notes. Have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you soon.